Well, we are continuing our series this morning entitled The Dog Days of Summer, and uh, I'm excited to speak to you this morning uh, on this particular individual that not a lot is really shared about this person, uh, but he has made a ripple effect in our church today. Uh, We know him by the name of Stephen. Uh, We know him as being the first martyr. Uh, We know very little, but what we do know is that he was one of the seven that was chosen to serve the tables of widows. He was not an apostle. He was not a pastor. Uh, He was 29 years old, and his name means crown. Uh, And that's about it that we know of Stephen. And uh, I'm excited to talk to you today on the topic and title of I Am Full. I am full. And if you'll bow your heads with me, let's lead it. I'm going to pray over us. Father, we just thank you so much. And God, we just pray right now that, Lord, you would just speak to our hearts and to our lives. Father, we're so thankful for everything that you're doing, God, in our church. And God, we just celebrate that. Lord, we continue to ask that you would breathe on us, God. Father, have your way. And I just pray that you would speak to our hearts and to our lives these next few moments. And that, God, we would be full of your spirit, my God. We give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we pick up our story here in the book of Acts chapter 6 where the Bible engages us with who Stephen is. And the reason why I entitled this message, I am full, is because Acts chapter 6 verse 5 starts out this way, that Stephen, he's the man, was full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. Verse 7. It says, And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Now watch this. Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Now, Stephen was an ordinary man doing extraordinary things. He was a servant that served tables to widows, and yet God used them in such a powerful, powerful way. And see, I believe that the power of the church is not found on the stage, but the power of the church is found in the seats. I believe the power of the church is in this room right now, exactly where you're seated. And if we could get the concept that we hold the same power, that we can go to our jobs and go back into our homes and our communities and make a difference, then I'm telling you right now, our world will never look the same. Because where the preacher is limited and stops, you can continue and bring the mission field a message of hope this morning. You can do that. And I believe that if we're full of the Spirit and we're in power this morning, we can make that difference and we can make that change. As a matter of fact, our students are getting this concept right now. We got back from camp and they were really excited and pumped uh, to go to the mall. And that's like an average student, right? Like, let's go to the mall. But they wanted to go to the mall because they wanted to tell people about Jesus. They wanted to, to invite them to church. And we have this saying in Wide Open that we don't tell people about Jesus. We introduce people to Jesus. And how we do that is by introducing ourselves because we are the only Jesus that people will ever see sometimes. 
And so as they were introducing themselves, we had about 25, this is just a portion that was there. We had 25 students go, and they had an opportunity to pray over people. They had opportunities to introduce Jesus to people. And, and as a matter of fact, some crazy things happened because they were full of faith. They, they took to the mall, and they just went after people. And as a matter of fact, we went yesterday again, um, and there were some people that I, were ta- that I was talking to, and they said, no, there are some people that had already talked to me. And I was just so excited that our students were just ravenous for God. And, and so um, I found out later that uh, there was a couple students that went up to this couple and uh, they said, hey, listen, we want to pray for you. How can we pray for you? And the woman looked at them and said, hey, I have a tumor in my stomach and I need prayer. And these students laid their hands on this woman and they began to pray in the name of Jesus. Now wait, hold on, hold on. That's not the good part. They just activated their faith. Then what happened after they prayed, they looked at the lady and the lady looked at them and she said, I'm not lying, but I felt the tumor crumble inside of me and I don't feel the knot anymore. I'm completely and utterly healed. Then they looked to the husband that was standing next to her and said, how can we pray for you? He said, well, my shoulder's been bothering me. I can't lift my shoulder too well. And they laid hands on his arm. And after they finished praying, he was able to lift his arm above his head and completely healed. You see, the power of the church is found in the seats and not just on the stage. Church, if we can take the messages that we hear from the stage and apply it in our seat and take it into our community, your neighbors will never be the same. Your coworkers will never be the same. Let's activate and empower the faith that we have inside of us this morning in Jesus' name. Come on, I believe we can do it. I believe we can do it because God does his most extraordinary work through ordinary people. Through ordinary people, I'm so glad that God chose me. Somebody that didn't have it all together, wasn't eloquent of speech, didn't have any degrees, and God said, Joe, I pick you. And I know there's somebody in this room that you have disqualified yourself, but can I encourage you that God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call that is inside of you this morning. And there's no degrees, there's no anything else that can qualify you to do the work of God. Only God can do that. And I believe that God wants to set us on a mission because of the power of the church is found in the seats this morning. Unfortunately, though, if we're not full of the Spirit, we as Christians find fillers to fill the void where God should fill. We look to other people and we look to other things to fill us and we don't feel complete. It's because we go from thing to thing to thing to thing and not allowing God to completely fill us with who he is. And here's a couple of examples that I put down here. Here's some fillers. Relationships can be fillers where we feel more confident and comfortable running to people in relationships to fill a void where God needs to fill that void. Money is a filler. Careers can be fillers. Our success, if we're not doing too well, it fluctuates our mood. If we're doing well, then we feel like we're doing fine. Hobbies and entertainment. Food can act as fillers. Substance abuse, materialistic things, and religion, and then you fill in the blank. The reason why I put religion in there is because if we're not careful, we can treat Sunday mornings as a filler. 
because we'll come to Sunday mornings and we'll hear a good message or we'll hear a worship and it'll sustain us for the little bit, but we don't really have a relationship and an encounter with Jesus. And so we hold the pastor and we hold the worship leader to a standard that we should not because our feelings are dependent upon them. If they sing the right worship song, I can be healed. If, if the pastor preaches the right message, then, then, then I can be filled. But it's not dependent upon the pastor. It's not dependent on the worship leader or the song. It's dependent on your experience and encounter with Jesus. And the sad thing is, is that Christians can treat church like a buffet. And that we try to go to different churches and experience and taste different things because we're not getting what we need in the presence of God. So when the pastor doesn't say it, we go to the church down the road. And, and when, when the pastor lets us down, then we go somewhere else. And can I tell you, I will let you down. Pastor Eugene will let you down. Pastor Glenn will let you down. But the cliche thing, but it's powerful, is God will never let you down. He'll never let you down. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Don't put your stock in people. Put your stock in God with the promise that he has for you and I this morning. Amen? Come on. Let's be filled and full of the spirit. Because listen, until, this is powerful, until you allow God to fix within, you will always be without. Let's throw that up on the screen real quick. Until you allow God to fix it within, you will always be without. Without what? Without peace, without joy, without strength, without confidence, because we're allowing other fillers to take the place of what God wants to do eternally in you. See, the fillers provide you with temporary satisfaction and happiness, but God provides you with eternal joy and satisfaction because joy outweighs happiness because the times where we're not happy, we can still be filled with joy. That's the difference between being full of the Spirit and having fillers in our lives. So the question this morning is, what are you full of? What are you full of this morning? Are you full of fillers? Are you full with things that will temporarily get you by? Or are you full of the spirit that will constantly see you through every trial, every difficulty, every disappointment you could ever face in your life? Stephen then does something remarkable as we pick back up our story. Stephen goes into the longest sermon that we have recorded in the book of Acts. And it's a powerful one. And mind you again, he is an ordinary person sitting in a seat that his faith was challenged and he didn't look to his pastor and he didn't look to his small group leader, but who he looked at was God to give an answer to those that were questioning him because he knew his word. There's a responsibility and a mandate for us in this room to know our word and to grow in that, which we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But he goes through this spiel because they were criticizing him. And he starts from Genesis all the way to the crucifixion of Jesus. And he puts everybody to shame. And then at the end of his message, I love this, in Acts 7, 51, at the end of his message, this is what he says, you stiff-necked people. <laughs> you don't get it yet, but just, just stay with me. You're going to get it. You stiff-necked people uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Yeah. He's telling the religious people at this time, listen to me, you are allowing fillers of religion instead of the fullness of a relationship with God. And, and he calls them stiff-necked. Now, stiff-necked doesn't just mean stubborn. 
here in the text here. Stiff-necked means that they were hardened of heart, resisting what God was trying to do. They were against what he was trying to do. And the religious people at that time, they're like, no, Stephen, you're against what God's trying to do. We know right, you know wrong. You ever have somebody look at your situation and say you're crazy and say you need to do it this way, but you're so full of faith, you say, I don't care what you tell me to do, I know my God's in control. And I just, I believe Stephen was in this particular moment here where he was full of faith. And he said, hey, listen, if you would just be full of faith, you would not be stiff-necked anymore and resisting what God is trying to do in your life. I remember a few years ago as a, as I was a teenager, I grew up in a very Pentecostal church. Anyone else grow up in like a Pentecostal church? Like you didn't just have church, you had church. Okay, like two hours later, you were like, Jesus, can we go home? <laughs> I, like I got blisters. I just, I know you love me, but I just, ah, shaka. Like I can't, like I'm, ah, okay. Like the weight of that type of service, okay. That's the services I grew up in. And, and I remember this one time my friend came over to me and said, hey, listen, you got to check out this church on Sunday night. I'm like, sure, the, the power of God moves. But it wasn't like the power of God. It was like the power of God moves. I was like, ooh, if you say his name like that, I'm going, right? <laughs> so I went, to the, I went to the church, and it was an African-American church. And um, me and my friends, we, me and my friend, we went, and we sat kind of in the middle row. And this pastor was preaching fire, man. She was just like, you think I yell? She was like, ah. Like it was like in your face and like spit was like in the sixth row. And it's like drenching me. I'm like, yes, Jesus, pour it on. Just, okay. Like it was that type, it was that type of service and she was just out there, right? Um, and then she makes this altar call and people come to the altar. And, and, and this is where it got a little weird for me because like their prayer request was not private. It was public because she gets down off the stage with the microphone and starts asking people like prayer requests and different things. And I'm like, this is about to get good. Like I start getting my popcorn already. I'm like, this is a show. What's happening right now? Okay. She gets off stage. She goes to this one woman who is broken and she says, what is it that you want to do with your life? And it like hits her in the chin. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's aggressive, <laughs> okay? And she's broken, right? She's, <laughs> I just feel like God wants me to work with people. I just love people so much, and I just feel God is calling me to work with them. <laughs> and the pastor takes the mic back. I promise you, I can't make this stuff up. She takes the mic back, and she looks at her, and she says, and smacks her right in the face. Right in the face. And I'm like, this is about to get good. What's just, what? And then part of me is like, did I just witness a crime? Do I need to get out of here? Like, I don't, I, like, what, what just happened here? I don't, I, I don't know. Should I leave the situation? I, I'm not sure. And, and the lady, like, grabs her face and is in shock and awe. And the pastor gets the mic and says, how do you like people now? And I'm like, what is going on? how do you like people now? And then she had like a different word for her, like people would let you down and all that. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's good. But the lady's face is red. And when she smacked, like part of her hair went this way. And I'm like, they had to find it. It was on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about that. It's okay. <laughs> and then, so I'm sitting there wondering what's gonna happen next. Like this is, and then all of a sudden she starts scanning the room. And you ever not wanted to make eye contact with people? So you're like, look, oh, people are like, Yes, Jesus. Yes, God. Come on. 
And then I accidentally looked up and we locked eyes. I was like, oh. And I couldn't stop looking. We just locked eyes. It was like the Holy Spirit's like, I got you. And I'm like, no. And then she looks at me and she goes, I'm like, no, I don't want to be hit in the face today. Like, I don't want to be knocked out. Like, you know, I just got new glasses. Like, I just, they were expensive. And, and so I walk down the aisle and I'm called to be a pastor to work with people. And I'm like, hopefully she doesn't ask me the same question. I don't like working with people. What else can I say? Uh, I want to be a computer analyst. Like, that's what I want to do. I just, I just want to work with computers. I don't want to talk to people. Like, I just want to be by myself. Like, can I just play video games all day and that'd be a career? Like, I just, I don't want to deal with people. And, and so I walk down to the front and, and she looks at me and then she puts her hands on my head and immediately I assume the position. I go, ugh, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and my hands aren't up here because I don't want to be caught off guard. My hands are down here. I was like, if anything happens, I'm just, okay, I've... I've got it, okay? And, and so she begins to push on my forehead. And as she pushes on my forehead, I begin to push back. I stiffen my neck. I stiffen my posture. I'm like, Ugh. And I'm just And I'm like pushing back. And then she lets go and I almost fell forward. That's <laughs> how much she was pushing. And, and so then all of a sudden, as, as I went forward, she does this secret move that I didn't see coming. And it was this uppercut. And she goes, in the name of Jesus. And I'm like, okay. And I... And I made this like whimpering sound. I'm like, eh, okay. <laughs> and I like crumbled to the, to the floor. I'm in the fetal position. And they're like, yes, Jesus. I'm like, no, I just got a concussion in my stomach. Like, this is not Jesus. I'm, I'm hurting. I resisted for so long. And all of a sudden, I'm on the floor. And then my other friend got called up. And she was a little bit on the heavier side. And I knew she was falling. And I was like, I got to get out the way. Like, I just. Okay. I'll have my time with God over here. Just, hey, I, already my stomach, I didn't want my legs too. Like I got to walk. I had to drive home, okay? I was stiffening my neck of what this person was doing. And Stephen as well was telling these religious leaders, you are stiff-necked and resisting what God is trying to do. And I'm just wondering if there's anybody in the room that has stiffened their neck to what God is trying to do in your life that you've resisted for so long that he wants to fill you with his goodness and his fullness, but yet you are settled on adding fillers because you feel like you can handle it on your own and God is saying, you can't do it without me. Allow me to be in control of your life because I don't know about you. When I'm in control, I tend to mess things up. But when God's in control, he never messes up. He has his best intentions for me. Let's not be a people that resist the Holy Spirit. Let's not be a people that stiffs our neck and resists what God is trying to do. There may be somebody in the room that you need to take your next step of faith and God has been calling you for years and today is your opportunity to not stiffen your neck anymore and say, God, whatever you wanna do, knock me out. But God, I want to be in your perfect will and in your perfect plan this morning, amen? Well, obviously the religious leaders hearing themselves being called stiff necks, they don't like this, right? Who would be, okay? So in verse 54, it says this in Acts chapter 7. Now, when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. Like, that, like they're really upset. Like, <laughs> Next time you get upset with somebody, just ground your teeth at them. I'm sure that, that works. Anyway, that's always funny to me. I said that last service. But then it says, but he. I love this word in scripture because... Whenever you see this word, that always means that there's something great that's coming after it. 
So they're enraged with him. They're upset with him. But he, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Can I tell you, I love this here because it doesn't say that in his persecution, then he became full of the Holy Spirit. It says that Stephen was already full of the Holy Spirit when persecution came his way. He didn't have to get ready. He stayed ready. He stayed full of the Holy Spirit. So when persecution came, he was already full. He was able to endure exactly the troubles and trials that he was about to face. If you are in the room and you are not full of the Holy Spirit, you're probably dealing with an issue that you can't handle. But if you're full of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing that the enemy can throw at you that you won't be able to handle because the victory does not belong to you. It belongs to God already. It belongs to God. Victory is his, and Stephen's eyes remain fixed on Jesus. Notice, they were fixed, they were locked in, they were glued. He didn't look to the left, he didn't look to the right, he didn't look behind him to see if anybody else was doing anything. He fixed his eyes on God and said, God, I know that my faith is validated in you today. And notice, it says here that he saw him standing at the right hand of God. This is really important because everywhere else in scripture, we see Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. Well, now Stephen says, I see him standing at the right hand of God. Well, what does that mean? That means, listen, as a parent, uh, if you have a child that's in sports or they do something and you're in the stands or in the bleachers and they score a goal or a point or something, what do you do as a parent? You stand to your feet and you clap and you want everybody to know, that one's mine. I'm proud of that one. At this particular moment, Jesus stands up off his throne and says, I'm proud of you. You are mine. Where earth has rejected you, I receive you. Where they have forsaken you, I will never leave you and never forsaken you. Where they have talked bad about you, I will never say a negative thing. You are a royal priesthood. I bought you with my blood. I'm telling you at this moment, I believe Jesus is standing up on his throne saying, I am proud of you this morning. And I believe that he wants to send you on a mission as an ordinary person to do extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. Stephen fulfilled this commission. And I believe in this room, we have a mandate to fulfill this commission as well. He stood up. Earth rejected him. People rejected him. But Jesus in heaven said, I receive you. Hey, it doesn't matter if people reject you. Jesus will never reject you. I feel like somebody needs to hear this in the, in the room, that Jesus has not forgotten about you. That Jesus is by your side. That Jesus is aware of your predicament. And just because you are persecuted, do not forget the promise. Do not forget that as you continuously go through the process, there is a promise that is waiting on you and on me that Jesus has. And if we can hold true to his victory and his love, I'm telling you, we can face any type of persecution that the enemy throws at us. And it's not persecution like Stephen faced, like stoning and, and, and burning at the stake. But man, maybe you're being persecuted on your job and you're being persecuted in your family. Maybe you're the only Christ follower in your family. I'm telling you today, man, if we're full of the Spirit, we can go back into our environment and change the environment and not allow the environment to change us. Come on, but in 2 Timothy, as Christians, unfortunately, we got to go through something called persecution. It says here, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 
we will be persecuted. Not kinda, not sorta, not maybe if the sun sets well. Like we are going to be persecuted as Christians. And I'm just reminded of what the book of John says that though we're gonna face troubles and trials, take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. Remember, we fight from a place of victory, not for victory. The fight is fixed. The battle's already won. Our hope is in Christ and that he's won. The second thing is this. This is what produces obedience is indeed, although he was a son meeting Jesus, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. See, in this room, you may be wondering why you're suffering and why you're going through this particular thing. And maybe it's a test of your faith. Maybe it's a test of your faith to extract obedience and trust in God. Because his love is enduring. His love is comforting. His love is overwhelming. And if we could stay trusting in Jesus, I'm telling you, we can endure suffering well. So I want you to take note of this. Your ability to understand Jesus' love and victory will determine your ability to endure suffering well. Your ability, your ability to understand his love for you, his grace that he has for you, that you don't have to do it alone, but his love covers. And maybe you're in this room and you've messed up last week and you felt like you've made mistakes. Can I tell you, his love and his kindness draws you to repentance and covers a multitude of sins. And you can have a fresh start this morning and you could be full of his spirit, ready to encounter anything that the world throws at you. Listen, if you want to be faith, a faithful witness, expect your faith to be tested. If you want to be a faithful witness, expect your faith to be tested. It is not true faith if we want an explanation from God of why things are happening. That's not true faith. True faith is not waiting to rejoice in it until you have it. Like faith is not, okay, once I get joy, then I'll rejoice in joy. It's rejoicing when you don't have joy. It's having strength when you don't have strength because he is your strength. Listen, some of us as Christians, we want an explanation. Can I tell you a year ago, if I can just be vulnerable for a moment, I lost my sister a year ago. Probably the hardest thing that my family has ever had to walk through because it wasn't like we expected it. It was in a week and she passed away few days. And looking back, I remember saying, God, why? I've got no explanation. Until this day, I don't have an explanation of why my sister's life was taken. But my faith is not determined by my feelings. My feelings is determined by my faith. And it doesn't matter how I feel or the confusion that I'm going through. I know that my God still sits on the throne and that he is in control and he's sovereign and his ways are higher than my ways. And though I don't understand, my faith is being tested of will I still trust you? Though you slay me, though you slay them, though you take everything away from me, will you still trust in me, God says? Will you still obey in suffering and not run? I had to pastor my family at that moment very intentionally because my family was angry with God. And me, being the youngest in my family, had the biggest faith in my family. You in this room can have the biggest faith in your family to take your family to the next level. 
You can have the biggest faith. The faith must be tested. In closing, so how do I stay full? How do I stay full of faith? Here's some practical things. There's more, but I narrowed them down to three things. The first thing was this, know God's word. You got to know God's word. Stephen, though he was an ordinary servant, knew God's word like the back of his hand. And he didn't look to other people to quote scripture for him. He knew it inside and was able to combat the fillers with what he was full of. Are you filling yourself with the word of God or fillers that will only give you temporary satisfaction? He knew his word. He studied his word. The second thing is this. Get around faith-filled people. Hey, join a small group today. If you haven't joined a small group, I'm telling you, it's probably the best thing that you can do, that you can share each other's burdens, maybe around people that are very negative, that that are not positive. Can I tell you, when you join a small group, you're surrounding yourself with faith-filled people to keep yourself full of the Holy Spirit and keep yourself full, not depleting. We need each other, amen. We were created for relationships. We need one another. The third thing is this. Be full of the Holy Spirit. Be full of the Holy Spirit. In just a few moments, we're going to have the worship team lead us, and we're going to take a step of faith. As ordinary people, we're going to step into the extraordinary, and we're going to leave this place different in Jesus' name. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to leave the same. I want to leave extra full. I want to leave and my cup is overflowing. Because there's people out there that need me to be full of the Spirit to introduce them to Jesus. There's somebody on your job. There's somebody in your household that needs you to have an encounter with Jesus today. So that way your cup overflows and spills out to everything that's around you. I'm telling you, what would it look like if you were full of the Spirit and it impacted your neighbors. It impacted your job. It impacted the people around you. And just to be clear, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is for every single person. It is not just for you. It's not just for me. It's for everyone. Come on, would you stand to your feet? Can we have this resounding message today that I am full that I'm not adding fillers to my life anymore that would give me just temporary satisfaction. I want to be full of the Spirit. See, when Stephen faced his worst and darkest hour, that wasn't the moment that he got right with God. It was when, it was this moment where everything may be well and he remained full of the Spirit. So that way when he faced his darkest hour, he already had a reserve. He already was full of the Spirit. Maybe you're in this room and you are going through a tough time. Maybe you're going through your darkest hour. Can I tell you this morning, can we leave full in Jesus' name? Can we leave with just the power and the faith that the Holy Spirit wants to give us? Let's empty ourselves out of things that are inside of us us and allow the spirit to fill us with who he is. So come on, on the count of three, I want us to take a step of faith. As ordinary people, can we take an extraordinary step this morning and say, God, we're leaving this place full. We're leaving this place changed. We're leaving this place different. We're not going back to our jobs the same. We're not going back to our homes the same. We're going out filled and it's going to spill out to everything around us. Come on, one, two, three. Come on, would you make your way? Make your way, make your way, make your way. Come on, come on, come on. Make your way your forward this morning. Come on, let's leave this place full, 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 full. We 
Would you ask him to fill you this morning? Would you ask him to fill you this morning?